Sometimes that is better. Charlie, 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 get in here quick, get in here quick. Come on, Charlie, what? get in here. What? 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 All right. Pete's not here. Nope. I think we can sneak in an episode real quick. Oh, oh, we're doing this from February? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to do this in February. It's not going to be with Pete, so bear with me here. We, okay. I think we can I'll, get it. We'll just, he won't know. I, I was wondering what happened to the trumpets, so. Yeah, that's, okay. why, that's why. That's why I had to keep it away from him. Keep it on the okay. DL. But now we can. <laughs> Straight on the DL. I'm down. Yeah. Okay. Down. What are we doing? What are we doing? You know how sometimes, like, you're just browsing Tubi, looking for something to watch? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Like, you know, you're just like, oh, well, what random things are on Tubi? Oh, I came across a movie. Oh, yeah? What, yeah, yeah. What movie? Grotesque. And it oh, just I came out. That. Like, just came that. out. You watch yeah. Grotesque as well? I watched Grotesque as well. Pretty fun, right? I had a blast with it. I'll be 100% yeah. honest. It was, it was a lot of fun. You know, it was a, a good Tubi fine. Like, it's what Tubi does best. Tubi did well. Yeah, they did. We're not even getting paid for them for this. Nope. Nope. But content, man. Content. 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 Turns That's out I also it. now know how to make a movie get on Tubi. You want to know how? You know how the, the, the mystery of how do movies end up on Tubi? Yeah. How do they get uploaded? Yeah. How do they get uploaded? Well, I grabbed the director of Grotesque, and I brought him on the show, and we interviewed him. Oh, that's right. We did do that, didn't we? Yeah, we did, didn't we? Didn't we? Yeah. yeah. So he gives us the secrets on how to get a movie on Tubi. I love it, man. He does. That, that was actually something that I have thought about. I'm like, how do they get like all these? How can we make this happen? Yeah. Can, can we get something on Tubi? I guess we have to film something first. We do got to film something, but that'll come down the pipeline. That's later. That's later. Yeah. That's later. Yeah. So. But it was great. We had the director, Brandon, on, and uh, a lot of fun, and I can't wait to see what else the man's going to bring to the table. Oh, dude, 100%, man. This this is what one of those like sleeper kind of movies. It's very independent, which is fine. We love independent movies uh, here. This is what we wanted to highlight, definitely. Yep. And, I, and It's made by Canadians, which are my, like my second favorite group of people. I have a lot of Canadian friends now, apparently, since we started doing this. You definitely have been making sure that we're going to slowly get our way to Rush. I don't know if we're going to slowly get our way to Rush, but I want to watch a hockey game in Canada. That too, one of them. Yeah, yeah. So, and apparently, I need a passport to do all this, and I don't know how I feel. About it's all it's that. yeah. It's, there's a lot. It's ridiculous. I don't know. It's like it's Canada. Can I not just walk across the border? Like really, like is it that big of a deal? I guess it is, but yeah. So no, this this movie was a blast. A little slow to start, as I say in the interview. I won't, you know, we're we're honest. We're not paid to do this by anyone, so we are honest about things. But I tell you what, this movie really it kicks it into high gear. If you want a movie with a high body count, this is it for you. I that is my biggest takeaway. Once take it gets away. rolling, it is a greatest hits of kills. You are not expecting the body count in this movie, uh, and the charm of the lead actress Mildred, played by Elizabeth Chamberlain. Uh, she is adorable in this movie, and she is the glue that keeps you glued to the screen. 
a hundred percent. Oh, without a doubt. So should we, should we let it go? Should we hit play? I think we should hit play. There's no need to really get into a trailer or anything. Let's just get into our discussion with uh, Brandon over at Higher Universe Pictures and talk to him about his creation of Grotesque. Hey, Charlie. What's up, Nate? I brought someone with me today. Did you bring somebody into the studio again? Yeah, yeah. Brandon Rhinus, will you say hello to everyone, please? Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on the show, guys. Yeah, definitely. Now, how did you find out about us? <laughs> I think I saw a Facebook post, um, either in a comment or some some sort of post that you guys had a podcast and, you know, I'm trying to promote uh, Grotesque or my new horror movie. So I just reached out to Nate and uh, fate uh, kind of led us down this path to, to this very moment. Zuckerberg worked for us, Charlie. Zuckerberg, <laughs> I, I, I guess worked. this is this is like the first time I think we've gotten contacted <laughs> through Facebook. This is awesome. Yes. Well, thank you, sir. No, uh, what won me over was you also you close your message out with I, too, am a big Guar fan. I went, All right. Well, this guy's on no matter what. Oh, he's in. He's totally in. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, no, I'm like, this is going to be perfect. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like we're, we're like almost brothers. Pretty much. We know our people. All right. <laughs> it's like magnetism, man. We just we just attract this type of uh, personality to us. It's great. So what's awesome? Independent horror filmmaker. I've seen you have done a lot of shorts. I'm not going to pretend that I've seen anything but grotesque right out the gate. But damn, am I glad that uh, you reached out because grotesque was a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Like I, Charlie and I were messaging each other as we were watching it because Charlie lives oh, in Virginia. Yeah. I'm in Ohio. So we don't get to watch movies together often. Like we've done it once. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One time. One <laughs> in time two years worked, of podcasting. Yeah. But it was just like, this is charming. This is silly. I kind of right. like this a lot. <laughs> I, 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 Nate was, what were you, about 20 minutes ahead of Probably me? Probably about 20 to 30 minutes ahead of you. So I, I was asking questions going into it because he had talked to you, Brandon, so I wasn't 100% sure how much you guys had talked. So I was like, so I'm guessing this is like his first movie. And Nate's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And I was, I was enjoying it. And I was asking him a couple questions. And then it just got into the really when the movie takes off. And I am just messaging him like, holy crap this just happened he goes well just just wait i'm like this is my favorite he goes just wait and it just kept going for the next hour yeah, there was back a and forth of like, us I texting asked you where you at and you're like oh of all the homeless people and i just responded drugs and then it was like not <laughs> even a minute later you're like they just said the line <laughs> yeah oh yeah the most polite hobos in the world i yeah i loved it to death so Brandon, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about, well, tell us a bit how you got started on this, so and then we can kind of jump into the the meat of grotesque, but let's give people a little bit of backstory on you. Yeah, I've, um, I kind of started making comic books, um, and you know some of them were fairly successful. I was kind of making a bit of a name for myself with them, and then I remember kind of in my 20s, I used to be involved in film. I kind of dabbled in it. Uh, made a couple really, really bad short films. Uh, a few buddies and I made this kind of feature-length action movie that really went nowhere. 
Um, <laughs> it, it, it just wasn't something I took seriously. But after the comic book thing started happening, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should try getting back into the screenwriting and the filmmaking. And so I started doing that, making some short films, and actually I was getting some recognition. And then I got laid off from my day job. And by that point, I was actually kind of starting to make money at screenwriting. And I was like, you know what? Like, I wonder if instead of just getting another job that I hate, I wonder if I could just somehow make a living just doing this. So I was like, you know, I'll always take it a month at a time. If I run out of money, I can always get another job. And so I just started basically just working my ass off, just, you know, writing things and selling things. And, and you know, now it's seven years later <laughs> and I'm still taking it a month at a time. Uh and it's, it just keeps going and going. And, you know, I got, a, you know, a bunch of movies under my belt and a couple novels and a bunch of comic books. And uh, I've just kind of just kept it going just through the sheer love of it, basically. Nice. I do. I need to find I'm in love with a dead girl. Like it, it has it's my interest, sir. <laughs> Is it? Okay, nice. Yeah, all my <laughs> short films are on YouTube. And actually, I um, just this year or 2020, 2022, last year, realized that I had enough short horror films. If you put them all together, it's about an hour long. So I was like, you know what? That's almost an anthology. So we yeah. went out and we shot a wraparound story and oh, nice. to combine them all into a feature. So it's, I have it basically sitting on my laptop now. It's, it still needs a, you know, a lot of post-production work and we're basically out of money because I'm trying to juggle a whole bunch of things right now. But uh, one of these days we'll actually get around to finishing it. And then we got to, a cool little anthology because I think a lot of horror fans love those anthologies. It's really one of the only genres that anthologies kind of work. They don't really work for comedy or drama or anything, but horror anthologies, mm. there's some damn good ones out there. Um, you know, creep, creep show and, and then stuff. The, the best part is if you have a ton and it's like, Oh, I really like segment. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know, or if it is segment, right. I fell in love with dead girl, you know, like that, that's, it's, well, it's like Nate and I had just talked about because we had just covered Demon Knight, which is Tales from the Crypt. Oh, yeah. So we were talking movie. about our, our love of anthology type horror movies. And you're right. This is really kind of the only genre because why would an action movie want to do anthologies when they can go, well, we just got three sequels in our belt. We'll just pump yeah. out Death Wish 27 and we're good to go. You know, we don't yeah. quite get Death Wish the anthology. But yeah, I, they just that, won't that leave that man's awesome. family alone. <laughs> <laughs> just won't stop, man. But no, I love that idea of the uh, the anthology ideas. Um, so God, once you talk to us, yeah. Uh, so what leads up to grotesque? This yeah feature well, length that you got going. Well, we had um, it was actually my kind of my first movie. Grotesque is technically my third feature. Um, my first kind of. It was the second one that I shot, but the first one that was released called Hotbox. It was like a stoner comedy. Uh, we actually got it endorsed by um, Tommy Chong because he's from Edmonton, where I'm from. So he actually that did a... the best <laughs> endorsement you could ever get. <laughs> yeah, it was so nice of him. Uh, you know, uh, it was actually our um, actually it was uh, Elizabeth's dad, the Elizabeth, the star of Grotesque. Her dad's like, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows Tommy Chong might be able to get him to do it. And I was kind of like, sure, you know. Yeah, like yeah, that right. chance that's ever okay. gonna happen. <laughs> right. Then, yeah, yeah, no, I, I get it. Shoot your shot. <laughs> then a couple, you know, a couple days later, I wake up and I got this uh video from him, and it's like, holy crap. So so that was kind of nice of him. But yeah, but that was a stoner comedy. And it was very well received. People just loved it. It didn't, you know, didn't get the worldwide kind of fame that I wanted, but it's still people that saw it really liked it. So we planned to follow up with a kind of a similar story called One Night Drunk. It was a score uh, story that I had. 
and we'd actually started pre-production on it and we were kind of planning to make it um, that year. This is, you know, a few years ago now. But at the same time, I had been writing the script for Grotesque. And I gave it to Julie Whalen, who plays Blanche in uh, Grotesque. She's like my producing partner. I gave it to her and she's like, oh my God, this is great. Like, let's do this one instead. And it's like, well, shit, we've already started working on the other one. But it's like, all right, let's just tell everyone, you know, the same cast and crew will move over to do Grotesque instead. And we basically just dove right into it. And we shot for one day. We filmed one day. And then we had to postpone because of COVID. Oh, no. And, I was wondering how long it took to make this movie. Yeah, it was. Given the time frame of, like, I saw you had a short of Grotesque in, like, 2019. So I was like, okay, obviously that must be, like, where the idea was incepted. But then COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with this, like, Hotbox was perfect. We shot it in, like, three weeks, I think. You know, like, four days on, three days off. And everything went according to plan, and it was perfect. Grotesque was just absolute chaos the entire time. And, you know, because even once things kind of reopened again and we wanted to shoot again, all of a sudden, you know, we'd be like two days away from shooting and one of our stars would have COVID. So we had to postpone for two uh. weeks. And then it's like someone else got COVID and then canceled another two weeks. And then, of course, then here in Canada, we the movie takes place in the summer, but all of a sudden we started to get into November and, well, now it's winter. So, yeah. well, we have to wait till the following spring. And there was a point where it's like, okay, we've been at this for a year and a half and we've shot for one day. <laughs> it's just like, man, is this ever going to happen? But we're like, okay, finally, let's get everyone together and let's just make it happen. And we did. We started shooting again and we even, you know, we run out of money while we were shooting. But it's like, let's raise whatever we can. We'll shoot for two days if we have enough money for two days. And if it takes us another year to raise money, we'll wait another year. And right. we kind of went in with that mentality is just like, we're going to make this happen no matter what. And as that happened, people kind of started getting excited about it. And they're like, well, I don't want to see the movie fail because we put so much work into it. Like, I can kick in some money. I can kick in some money. And all of a sudden, just people we'd meet would, you know, just kind of donate some some money to help out. And we got enough to shoot for one more day. And then we just kept going like that until we got the whole movie finished. So there, there's many moments where I thought it might not happen or it might just we get halfway done and it falls apart. But just it shows, I guess, just the dedication of our team that we we made it happen and we got it finished. Dude, that's totally fair, because like when you're thinking about that, like the dedication, I have been struggling recently where it's just like if I try to do something like if it doesn't work out in two weeks, I give up. Mm -hmm. So like the dealing with something for that long and like the commitment. Kudos to yeah. you, sir. <laughs> and it's it's hard, too, because like we need everyone on board, because what if what if you know, one of our main characters that shot half their scenes all of a sudden they're like, you know what? Like, I'm just, I'm not feeling it anymore. I don't want to do it. Yeah, Like I give like... up at this point. It's never <laughs> yeah. going to happen. Like, especially because you being an independent filmmaker compared to like what the major studios have. Like if someone gets COVID, you're shut down for two weeks. Like that is crucial time to an independent filmmaker. Yeah. It's nothing to a big studio. Yeah. It's like, okay, whatever. We'll delay it. You know, it's an inconvenience to some millionaire billionaire producer who gives a shit, but Right for like you well, guys, like that's that's huge. It's also like you don't have a ton of filler stuff you can go film, especially with this style of movie that Grotesque was. When you pretty much follow one character throughout the whole arc, if like say she got sick, you're yeah. definitely done. You know, that's but what there's happened. also yeah, Elizabeth got COVID, and yeah. Oh, we, Elizabeth! How did you I want to talk. About, yeah, Elizabeth. let's talk about Elizabeth. Yeah, we we gotta talk about Elizabeth Chamber. Yeah, uh, she uh, um, Elizabeth Chamberlain. Yes. 
Yeah, she, uh, I think we first met her. It was my very first movie called Cold Comfort. Um, it was actually, the title was changed to the project after it was released. It was the first one I made, but it was, wasn't released until after Hotbox. Uh, she auditioned for, um, for that. And she ended up with a, with a kind of a small role in that. And then she was in Hotbox. She played one of the three uh, super Christian people that came to this, this house party. Uh, okay. So I kind of noticed her there and she was just like, she's great to work with. She's a very good actor. She can sing, she can dance. She, you know, could just basically do everything. And she was always just super hyped to be involved. So somehow she kind of ended up playing uh, small parts in like everything I did. You know, most of my shorts, she's some sort of role in it. And so when it came time for grotesque and Elizabeth, she has a very unique look as well. You know, she's very tall. She has red hair. She just has a very good look to her. So when it came time to like, who's going to play Mildred in grotesque, it was like, well, you know, Elizabeth is like the number one choice. How right. do you pitch that to an actress? Cause like, like Charlie said, we did demon night and they talk about how they like had to put on prosthetics and like wait to see H pounder. And it's like, it's the last thing you want to do is tell one of your actresses. We want to make you, not look like you and kind of make you you know not what you're comfortable with how do you yeah. like r- reach out to elizabeth going i want you to have this giant prosthetic nose attached to your face for like the first 20 minutes of the movie and most of the gags are going to be about how hideous you are <laughs> to tell you the truth i don't even i don't even remember pitching it to her i uh, yeah i wish i could remember how that happened but i think by that point like we were she was a fairly close part of our team Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I had to sell it to her. It was just kind of like, hey, here's this movie yeah, we we're this. doing. Uh, I'm assuming you're going to want to do it. Um, she was like, cool. And then she read it and liked it. Um, I remember like there was no convincing. Like she was on board from day one. Um, there was no, you know, kind of, <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't have to convince her. Like, you didn't have to twist her arm gung-ho. or anything. You know, no. it's not like, you know, just picture Steve Martin from Roxanne and you. <laughs> Boom. There we go. We got <laughs> yeah. it. We got it yeah. going. <laughs> But and I can uh, so I, I've been on the IMDb and was looking up a few things and it looks like she's done some like stage plays and stuff like that. Like she's very character driven. Yeah, she's done a lot. She's actually in Vegas right now filming a filming a, a sci-fi movie. I think so. She's uh, kind of oh, nice. doing some bigger things as well. So that's pretty awesome. It's not Area Fifty One Fifty, is it? No. Okay, because that's a <laughs> sci-fi movie being filmed in Vegas that we know the director of. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, that's awful specific. Hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just, I love that Mildred, is, which is her character in here, that is obviously who everyone, it's designed for us to latch on to. And she just personifies it. Like, I can't her imagine charisma. her. Charisma. Yeah, I, I adore her character in this let me say that that is the movie starts off just a tad bit slow for me you know because but you're setting up a lot of characters you're kind of getting across what she's going through through her life in a short amount of time um and it takes a little bit before the fun kicks off but i'm enjoying her the whole time you know her interaction how she responds to people basically bullying her belittling her you you kind of get the feel of why she's about to do what she's going to do. And then she does it and takes it even further, which I love in this movie. Um, yeah, so it, go ahead. The Nate. winks yeah. and the nods that this movie has, where it's like, as I told Charlie, I was like, I think this might be the most like polite, fun slasher movie I've ever seen. <laughs> that was when I asked if this was Canadian, because I'm like, everyone's yes. freaking polite. <laughs> 
And he goes, yes, it is. And I was like, everyone is nice. They're mean, but nice. And it's, I, it's so unnerving to but Americans when we see this stuff. Adoring her performance so much because of like how much fun she is to watch. Like, and like the tongue is very firmly in the cheek. And that is my type of movie, especially when it comes to like horror comedy is like just something I absolutely adore. But like her underneath the table, she's got this plastic bottle and it just says uh, sulfuric acid. <laughs> yes. And just like the dumping that in and then like her not even hiding underneath the table, just on the ground giggling. Like, yeah, it's funny when we were shooting that that part, that was actually our very last day of shooting. We we kind of had the movie almost done, but there was some this more stuff we wanted to add. So we kind of had a pickup day where we shot a bunch of other stuff. That was one of them. And I remember someone on the crew's like, wouldn't the people at the table see her laying right there? And I remember uh, James Hastings, our director of photography, he's like, by this point, he's like, we've gone full Looney Tunes. Uh, like, we, don't have, we don't have to justify anything. Right. Yeah. By that time, I'm in. Like, I'm yeah. nothing is surprising me, you know, as far as, wow, that just doesn't seem believable. I'm, I'm in for the ride at that point. Now, once you get to the office kills where it's just like a montage of kills, it's like, okay, I see what this is doing. Yeah. I get it. Like, we're going for a very high body count for a slasher. Like, not just like we have the six, you know, friends that get killed. Like, everyone is dying. Anyone that has wronged her is dying. I love, yeah. I love the twist of that. I, I, when she's bored waiting for the people she truly hates to come back from the retreat, she decides to fill her time. Who else has wronged me in my life? And I'm just like this. I love this. And then it's literally a montage of kills. And uh, it's still my favorite. I know Nate's one of his, and I don't know if that's one we should spoil. I think there's one that we should keep for people to watch. This is on Tubi also, everyone. So yes. download Tubi. Tubi the godsend. We love Tubi. We want to be sponsored by Tubi. We just want the premium package. That's all we're asking Tubi. Um, but I, I messaged Nate going, okay, the stapler is my absolute favorite <laughs> in this movie. And as, as much as I loved everything else in this movie, I still kept going, God, I love that stapler. That's that freaking stapler just killed me. And I loved it. But the, the fish hook was definitely one I was not expecting. The the whole setup of that yeah, no, was it, so batshit crazy, sir. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was another one that kind of came about, uh, the whole, you know, her running in the bikini and the, the guy catcalling her. I remember there was, we had a different scene. It was actually supposed to happen out at the campground in the kind of the, the end part. And where she was just like sunbathing by the, the beach. And then she's like, oh yeah, what am I doing? I forgot. I'm supposed to be killing people. And then she sees that <laughs> there's a canoe there and she's like, oh, hey, an oar. And she grabs an oar. And that's why she like, you know, hits her boss with the oar later. Right. But as we were getting closer to that scene, Elizabeth, she's like, you know what, like, we should do something interesting there. Like, if I'm going to be on a bikini, uh, like a polka dot bikini on a beach, like, we should have some sort of kill or something interesting. So we're like, yeah, that, that works. And I remember we were so busy in production, and we're trying to, like, think of some kill as we're going. And it's like, okay, like, uh, trying to think of something, but we're so busy. And finally, we're like, okay, we're like a day away, and we don't even know what we're doing. Uh, I don't right. even think we knew where we were going to shoot it. There's not a lot of beaches around here. So all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're doing this like in two days. We got to figure out what are we doing? And so we found that it's called accidental beach here in Edmonton. Um, and we found that little beach and then we went there and then it's like, how about, uh, 
guys catcalling her and then gets throat ripped out with a fishing rod and it kind of just all came together at the very last minute so we almost even on the day of shooting we kind of just winged that whole part and a lot of the the <laughs> the um bodybuilder guys dialogue was just uh, improvised in the moment and and it actually turned out quite well it gets like gets a it, lot of laughs it doesn't oh. read that way at all like that it's the last minute thought mm. like it fit no, perfectly in there yeah. like it and it's one of those moments in the movie that you're like what 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 am i seeing she's like running across this but she has this half mask on to hide the nose botched nose job and she's running in a bikini so for a minute there i'm like it's not her it has to be like some bikini shot girl that they got and then you she comes running up and you're like oh it's her <laughs> and she got a bikini that matched the dress she's wearing That's the, the best entire part. Movie. the fact that our killer's wearing a polka dot dress the whole time and then the bikini matches it <laughs> uh, it's it, it's so inane and I loved it all. You know what I mean? It's just like, uh, yes, this is what I'm here for. That was, a, it was right, right in the vein of when I was just finally just comfortable with this movie. Cause I've, you know, we've watched a lot of independent movies. We've seen, I've seen a lot of stuff on Tubi where you're just like, I don't know how this got made. And I'm watching this just like, nah, this is it, man. This guy gets <laughs> it. This is fun. But still a good slasher horror movie. Like, oh, yeah. Still... Dude, like, when your blood and gore is going, it's going. <laughs> but leading up to it, so whenever she, before she has the nose job, it's like that whole thing leading up to getting the nose job is very, you know, office space, but on a higher level. Like, everyone is shitty to everyone. You can tell there's clicks. There's all these, you know, some people just hate her you got the bitchy boss you know all these tropes that we've all seen in other movies but man when it gets to that like nose job scene with the doctor even though it's still kind of played silly doctor with quotation marks doctor with quotation marks <laughs> even even though it's still kind of being played silly a little bit it's still fairly dark you know mood as far as the whole surgery thing lining up to and then the uh you know the gangsters coming in for the bill collection from the doctor and then he just starts hacking on her himself, which I'm just like, that's that's a while. You could have easily just made it like the doctor screwed up, you know, oops, I made a mistake and bailed on her. But you added a whole nother level to it that I was just like, it, it didn't need it, but I love that it's in there. You know, it was just like I would have never thought to make it, you know, the the collectors that are actually the one that screwed her up. And, and actually, it's funny that you mentioned that, because if you watch the the original trailer we made, like the, the fake trailer, mm-hmm. that was originally how it was supposed to be. You could see like the doctor is doing he's like, oh, shit, and blood splashes up. And originally he was going to just like push her uh, on the yeah. like the table out into the alley. And that's what come I back and, and we see like a, there's like a dog gnawing on her face that like steals her nose. But I was like, you know, we can make this more interesting. So we added the what we call the the bookie and the goon, you know, the two yeah, guys the bookie and the, to, that's the word to get nice. their money. So, um, so yeah, that added a lot too. And those guys were just awesome. It, it just made it, you know, just the whole fact that he was drunk when he showed up to the operation. Everyone's thinking he's going to screw it up because he's drunk. But it's like, no, it goes off in a completely different direction. No, a completely different way. <laughs> and then, like with that, I was wondering too, like, what were some, like, what's some of your favorite horror movies? And like, what has inspired you to go this route? Because like. Obviously, you're like us if you're if we're not comic book writers, but you're a nerd. You know, you're you're a nerd just like us. If you're you're into comic books, you're into horror. Like, so what is it that you go? You know what, slasher? Like, this is the one that is for me. I like I like I like a lot of horror movies. Some of the ones like say Return of the Living Dead, where it's kind of horror comedy. It would be yeah. closer to to grotesque, and it's kind of just the 
it's aura or whatever. But I mean, mm-hmm. I like all the Friday the Thirteenth. I like um, all the Halloweens and the the you know Nightmare on Elm Streets, the Leprechauns, the Hellraisers. I, I like all those series. I even oh, like no, the, some of the, the new Conjuring movies classic. a bit. Yeah, but you know, I like I like all those kind of old ones. Obviously, Exorcist and all those. Um, right. And I don't like I like horror comedies a little bit, but. Honestly, not most of them I don't like, like even like Shaun of the Dead, like I could see the appeal, but it's just not my thing. But for mm-hmm. some reason, I just have it, something I do where even when I try to write something serious, it just kind of turns funny. And it's like my, my comic book series, Ghoul Squad, like it originally was supposed to be serious and I started writing and it just kind of turned funny. And next thing you know, everyone thinks it's so hilarious. And so I kind of got to stick with it and even grotesque originally, like the original concept for grotesque it was supposed to be an old lady. Or like a say like a middle aged you know fifty plus woman who wanted to look younger. She was just jealous of all the younger women that were prettier than her. So right. she went in to get plastic surgery to make herself look younger, and it ended up getting botched. So she would go around killing young models. That was originally what the story was going to be. Okay. But as I started kind of developing it, it just changed into what it became, which I think is a far superior idea. I don't think it would have been that good if I had a stuck with my original vision for it. When, when you're when you're doing it like that and after watching grotesque I'd, i definitely have to say you picked the right move yeah. and it also kind of feels like yeah, we've kind of seen that type of movie played out before you know mm. maybe not in those exact terms but we've seen that trope this one is still very much in the vein of slashers and you feel like you've seen it before but you're also going i i, I i've never seen this well, this I think is the big thing is you're rooting for her so like one of my biggest complaints with yeah. like the lower budget like independent horror movies is like you have like you know those main eight cast of characters and we're doing a throwback to the 80s right but all of our characters are completely dislike you know you just don't care if any of them die at all it's like for some reason certain writers just don't understand it's like no like you need to make your victims like appealing i need to connect with someone yeah Yeah. you somehow did the inverse where it's like i really enjoy our killer a lot and everyone else that's getting it deserves it for treating her like shit plus she's just so much fun to watch and just like her comedic timing with it all works out so well and like you said the looney tune-esque of it all like her sharpening the stick and only getting one kill out of it and be like ah I lurked on this for like an hour. I expected to get like a little bit more out of it. Like again, it's it's stuff that, like that. And you're not expecting that. You're, I mean, you're no. already to the point that this, this is a horror comedy, but I am not expecting her like commentary as the movie goes through. I think it's just adds this whole nother level to the character. Cause I know like right now. So speaking of like inner independent horror movies, you got characters like art, the clown, and he's kind of become like this, you know, pop culture I don't want to say icon yet. He's not there, but he will be eventually. I watched the first one. I haven't watched the second one, and I'm not rooting for Art the Clown in that movie. I I like the character. I think he's hilarious, and I like the kills. But I was while I was watching Grotesque, I was like Nate said, I like her. I like Mildred a lot. I'm connected with her. I'm rooting for her. And as the movie goes, we find out that other people are rooting for her. Her getting the the hitching a ride i died laughing with the interaction between her and the guy (laughs) because she's like 
uh, you know who I am? And he goes, well, yeah, that's why I stopped, but I'm running from the law too. And they, they bond instantly and her yeah, shaking people's the hands. With the homeless guy. Yeah. <laughs> she, she shakes people's hands. Like, I don't have any problem with you. Let me shake your hand or give you a hug. When she's trying to hug people, I was, oh, I was losing it. Yeah. The hug after like the second kill where she's like, well, we should like, I guess like say goodbye in some way. Oh yeah, the the, the <laughs> fiance. Yeah, she's yeah. like, should should we hug? And he's like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to do right now. <laughs> and she can't, but she carries that on. It wasn't a throwaway joke, you know. She just kind of keeps going, and you find that it's that you know. There's a bit of a warmth to the story too, because you got people that are like seeing beyond the gruesomeness of it, the grotesqueness of her, you know. Especially when she lifts the mask up a few times, where they're like, oh yeah. That's not bad. You got pretty eyes. I like, you know, it's just like, I I love this interaction in this man. And it's, I gotta say, man, again, we're going to gush about this movie. And it's sometimes what you don't expect, you know, on independent movies that, you know, sometimes it's a 50, 50 shot. You get a good one and you're like, okay, that was fun. That was passable. Fine. Like grotesque. I'm now going to be like, when are you going to put this on like a Blu-ray? When are you going to like release this so I can get a physical copy of this movie? Because I want, and I want to see more of her, you know, I want to see grotesque too. You know, well, you'll I, be happy I, to know that uh, the script for grotesque two is finished and we're, well, we, we made enough money off the first movie to shoot about half of the second one. So we basically we've already awesome. committed to half of it. We start shooting in June. Uh, we got at some point where you do crowdfunding or something to raise money to do the rest. I'd but say, it's, uh, are you going to do like an Indiegogo or like a Kickstarter or anything? Yeah, we did, we did for the first, we did for to finish post-production on the first one. Um, nice. We raised like six grand or something. But now that we have a bit of a fan base, I'm hoping it'll help out that we can, um, uh, cause this, the next one, the first movie, it's very short. I think it's like 72 or 74 minutes. Oh, this it, next it flies one is by like a breeze. Quite, yeah, oh yeah. So fast. This next one's going to be, it's going to be longer. Um, so we're just going to basically need more money for it. But, um, right. and yeah, I, I appreciate all the comments on it. And it's, it's, I was just trying to take like a different approach because she's so different than the, the slashers we're used to. And I remember even Kane Hodder, I, you know, played Jason in the, the later movies, you know, he kind of, he brought the physicality to it. And he said like, he had certain things he'd do, like he would never turn his head before turning his body and he would never look down just all the things that just to make his character look physically imposing. Mm-hmm. I kind of did the opposite where, you know, she's running in the bikini and then she just like trips in the water or when oh, she's, God, yes. when she's in the fist fight and then she tries to do like the kip up and, and it doesn't work. And she's like, Oh, that, that, that was supposed to look cooler. So she's not afraid to kind of embarrass herself and look yeah. like she doesn't really know what the hell she's doing yet. Like she's not always looking super tough. You know, she's kind of a, uh, She's kind of just, you know, like everyone that can, you know, look stupid sometimes and, you know, kind of right. do embarrassing things. And so I kind of think that makes it adds to part of her, uh, her appeal and her charm. No, so it, like, charm is the right word for her. Yeah, I will, definitely. I will definitely say that. Charlie brought up Terrifier, which I, I wanted to bring up as well, because like, I'm certain you noticed in 2022, independent horror blew up on a scale that I don't think we have seen in quite some time. Does that like make you excited? Does it kind of get you like a little nervous? I I love the fact that it's still a genre that like appeals to people. Mm-hmm. And it just like, I wouldn't say there's like a divide between like indie old school horror and the Hollywood stuff. Cause a lot of people, you know, you could like both, but it just seems like a oh, lot yeah, of the, the big budget like... stuff that's coming out is just 
you just are frequently disappointed. It's just like they don't get it. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like Guar, you know, where it has to be a little bit underground, otherwise the appeal is gone. If they're yeah. all of a sudden like Backstreet Boys level famous, right? It takes away from, and all of a sudden it's not as cool. And, and I wish the best to the the people in the band and the people making the movies. I want them to be as successful as possible. But there's always this an element of underground that is kind of like horror movies and heavy metal or those things that you always want to be just yeah. like cool people like the stuff. Like we know we have our own kind of family. We It's just our thing. And as soon well, as it has broad appeal, yeah, you have that community. And not yeah. a lot of movies have that. And so I, I kind of like that, you know, Terrifier gets huge and those are indie guys like me and, you know, they're making a ton of money and they're super successful. It's good for them. And yeah, I want I mean, that kind of uh, appeal too. But I also, I like it that, I kind of just like not having to answer to like the Hollywood elite, you know? Yeah. So I've had two. I've sold. Have, you ahead. have a product that is like, I mean this in the best way, like convention friendly, where like if I were to go to a horror convention and you were had a booth selling this movie, it's going to win me over, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it has that grassroots approach to it where it, it, it just appeals to you. And that, mm-hmm. that's what it does. Like, and I think that's what's great about, like, yeah, you don't have to answer to one of those higher-up executives that doesn't know shit about what he's talking about, and you're going with your your gut, what makes sense. Yeah, right. I'd be like, I, I've sold screenplays before where, you know, they'll take it, and all of a sudden it's just, they change it, and they change it, and they always change it to be more like whatever the popular thing is, usually like The Conjuring or The Nun or whatever. Right. Yeah. And it's like, I purposely made it different to just to be different. And, but it's like, it has to go back to what's going to make money. Whereas yeah. we're doing something like this. We don't have to answer to those people. We could do whatever crazy thing we want. I think, I think the biggest shift we're probably going to see, and we've had this conversation on the show before is if you, if you want to keep a hold of your product in production studios and distribution studios are going to start paying attention because it is, they're making money off of, minuscule budgets even the ones that are using a million dollars are making 20 30 60 million dollars is being able to still produce that product and then sell it to them when you're done you know it's mm-hmm. like okay here's here's grotesque this is the character this is what we did you can't change it but if you want to sell it under your banner here you go we can do it that way and i think that's where a lot of the the other shift is going to come from is they can't keep ignoring independent movies anymore. yeah like i do feel like you will be on someone's radar like and i, I mean that in the yeah. best way like i definitely feel like right now like it's kind of like you know when like uh every few years like the music genre whatever's popular that scene that sound blows up and then mm-hmm. every record label goes to that exact like area trying to figure out everyone sounds the same obviously we could go with like seattle with the grunge scene but it's like right. i feel like that's what's going to happen within 2023 2024 is like everyone's going to be movies, looking at every movies. damn independent horror film going all right what's this going to do like who's this guy what's, what's he doing and like you have a history already which is great so it's just like what's brandon going to do next which yeah. if it's grotesque yeah. too that's sweet <laughs> and, yeah I, I just i love having that kind of control over because even with cold comfort that first movie we did as soon as we signed a distribution deal they're like, oh, well, uh, you know, we decided we want some changes to the story. We'd already shot the whole movie. It was like, you okay. know, nine months later or something. And, well, can you go and shoot some more stuff? And it's like, well, 
like our lead actors moved away. We had to like fly her in from Vancouver. And so basically we had to shoot for two more days on our own. Like we had to raise money ourselves just to appease that. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, and then they kind of wanted to do uh, post-production and they didn't really do it how I wanted. So next thing you know, it's like, well, this is the, my movie that we paid for. And all of a sudden someone else is calling the shots and it, and it's like, yeah, I just don't like that. It was grotesque. It's like our team. It's like, I just love being, it's like, there's no one above us. There's no one to say you yeah. can't do that. Or it's just kind of, we make our vision. And I think people, people love that. They don't want to see someone's product that's been diluted by someone <laughs> that, you know, doesn't have the, the creative like ability to know kind of what appeals to them. Right. Like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, yeah. I just like, I want to hear Gwar's music. I don't want to hear their record label editing their music. It's like, no, yeah, I, like, I don't want anyone touching it. <laughs> if like someone would have came in, like diluted Gwar, he'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's, they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be what they are. Right. And yeah, it's exactly. like, I'd like, I'd almost, I'd rather see a movie by a filmmaker that like, that I don't like. It's kind of like with Kevin Smith. Like I'm not a big Kevin Smith fan. I don't really like his movies, but I like the fact that he has his vision and he has his fans and he does his own thing. It's like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I like. I'd rather have him do that and just, you know, be proud of the fact that he's doing his own thing than have him, you know, putting out shit like everyone else does. Um, yeah, even if I did true. like it, right. It's like, I just kind of right. want to have my own vision. This is a Brandon Reynus movie. I do it the way I like it. And, and just hopefully that eventually catches on where we can make the same kind of money and get the same kind of attention that, you know, the bigger budget movies get. But for now, I'm happy to just have the kind of control and just be able to execute things the way that I want them. God, I love that you just like doing it just to be doing it. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. What else you got, Nate? Well, I was going to also ask with uh, like, what other music are we into then, sir? Because if we're both fellow Guar heads, I'm guessing there's gotta be some other similarities there. Uh, Right now I've been listening to a lot of ghost and some uh, cannibal corpse. Um, Actually, last few did been listening to a lot of uh, old school ACDC too. So I got to. Uh, <laughs> no, you just got my, that classic rock. Yeah, my my taste kind of varies. Um, that you know, I've been listening to some Volbeat. I kind of got into them a bit recently, and uh, they're not too bad. You know, I like Volbeat. Yeah, yeah. they're. I'm not. You know, I'm not as much into newer music. You know, the older you get, the harder it is to like newer stuff. But there's a few <laughs> that kind of break through, and they're one that's like, yeah, you know what? They're pretty damn catchy. So uh, I I like always them. say because like Ghost gets so much shit like. They put on a hell of a show. Yeah. And like, I love Kiss. And I'm like, they're kind of like, it's like I get to experience a modern Kiss band and I'm yeah. cool with that. You know? Yeah. I And it's cool to see like a band like that kind of be an introductory to eventually like a 14 year old kid might listen to that and then slowly get to Cannibal Course, which I think is sweet. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, like, I don't know. I, I dig me some Cannibal Corpse. I dig me some uh, Ghosts. I've seen both those bands. So. Yeah, I've never seen. I've seen Cannibal Corpse once. Uh, Ghost, I have yet to see. Hopefully, they'll they'll make it back up this way. Uh, I, I imagine so. I, I saw them right before they like really blew up. Like, oh, nice! They were already getting really, really big, and then once they blew up, I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm glad I got to see them at a smaller venue. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I got to see uh, Nickelback when I'd never heard of them before. They were just opening up like in a bar for some other band, and oh, no so one knew who they see. were. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we got to see where it all. Uh, where it all started. Canada's like second biggest band ever. (laughs) (laughs) 
still haven't gotten a written apology about them. So we're, we're, we're yeah. still waiting for that in the mail. I still <laughs> really enjoy them, and I will defend Nickelback till my death. <laughs> Apparently, they're back. They kind of went away for a while, but I guess they're going on tour they again. And, all yeah. over my, my TikTok videos. Their yeah, PR was... guy has been on it. Yeah, I thought, I thought they the retired, but to. it's like, no, they yeah. come no, back to back. haunt a new generation. I missed Cannibal Corpse on the last go around. They only went to Cincinnati and it was on a work night. I was like, can't do nah. that. Not no. possible. Not on a work night. <laughs> but they're they're kind of one of those bands like Gwar where, you know, they'll be back. Like they're not like oh, U2 yeah. where yeah, it exactly. might be 15 years if they ever, you know, they'll, it's like, they'll be here and they'll play like every possible place that they can play. Yep. Exactly. So like, I think Gore, like they were here once, like when I was like in high school. And then they kind of didn't come back for a while. But since then, like last 15 years, they're here at least once a year, sometimes yeah, more. Mean, if there's like a festival. So like, it's like, if you miss them, they'll, they'll be back. There was a good moment right. where I was catching them like every year in October. Like yeah. it was just a guarantee. Like they were in town, like, Oh, Nate's going to that show. Like yeah. no question. Yeah, They're asked. always uh November or December. They're usually yeah. November. They're always here. I wish it wasn't winter. Cause I hate standing outside at a, some club. Uh, in the winter, it, but, it's uh... even worse. <laughs> like last go around, they came, I think it was November. Or maybe it was December, but they were playing in Cincinnati. I could have gone, but I was like, man, once you get drenched in that wet blood and then you go outside, it's, <laughs> it's not a good time. Yeah. <laughs> it is not. You're just freezing your ass off. So, Brandon, what else uh, What else you want to get into about... Um... I was looking up Ghoul Squad, and it looks pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, Ghoul Squad uh, is... It's a lot of fun. I kind of... It just... As I was doing the comic books and I transitioned into the movies... I always intended to continue doing comics, but the movies are just so damn expensive and it just occupies so much of my time that the comics have basically taken a back burner. Yeah. And gotcha. we're almost finished. I think we're only like a few pages away from Ghoul Squad 4 being colored. But we've been sitting on it for like five or six years now. Um, wow. And it's like, I could easily get it done, but it's just as soon as the money comes in, it's out the door to one of my movies, right? So it's hard to commit to things. I'm trying to juggle all these different projects, Dude, but hopefully that'll be out there like, soon. Crazy ass busy then. I mean, you getting started with comics and stuff like that, like, and having your own, like, was your own publishing company too then? Yeah, I basically, like my most famous comic is probably Chainsaw Reindeer. That one was published by uh, Action Lab Comics. Um, I've had some stuff published by other people, but most of them, I just self-published them through Higher Universe, and we, you know, sell them on um, on Amazon or uh, through Indie Planet and you know other websites like that. There's probably even new ones out there now. It's been a while since I, you know, I got to get back into promoting them again. But you know, we'll print off copies right. and we'll sell them at our movie premieres, and so I got enough things now to you know, put between posters and my books and everything that we can, you know, every time we have some sort of screening for a movie, we got a bunch of. Uh, bunch of uh, products to sell and stuff so but yeah grotesque it's really it was a massive project even though like the budget was not very big and you know there's even reviews online where they're kind of criticizing the the production value or the budget you but gotta, it's like, like it's take that I, out like when criticizing a movie like especially yeah. something of this scale it's like come on guys like not like a million dollars in an independent film is insane like yeah. an insane amount. So like when you have a movie that has a budget like yours, it's like, you gotta be fair with it. You can't just write it off. Like, come yeah. on. Right. And it's still, it may be a low budget from like whoever standards, but it's still no easy feat. Like even coming up with like a hundred thousand dollars is not easy for the average person. No, right. Oh. It's, <laughs> it's really not. 
it's kind of funny when people will criticize it, you know, and it's just like, all right, if it, if that's not a lot of money, then give me a hundred thousand dollars. And you know, right. all of a sudden now when it's your money, all of a sudden it's a lot. Right. So it's, um, it, it, it's the money, it goes out fast, but it's like, we always do the best we can with what we got. And I don't think the, the grotesque would have benefited from having a big budget. If we had a $30 million budget, the movie would probably be less enjoyable. It just yeah, that's it tends to be the way it is. Charm to it, like yeah, yeah that's just it just, how it goes. It and like something. obviously, if you do Indiegogo, like Charlie and I are going to be on board right out the gate of like, all oh, right, guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed. How, have, how can we help promote this? Yeah. We always pitch this idea to everyone of like, you know what, you have like the uh, perk. What's it called? The perk where yeah. every dollar of this just goes to blood. It's to give me back my horror yeah. movies perk. Yeah. Where it's just like, <laughs> as long as you donate to this, we're just going to make sure that goes strictly to the blood. Yeah. Strictly yeah. to the core. You just make that one perk and it's bucks for blood. And that way you can be like, I donated $10 and there's $10 of my blood on the screen right there. And you can <laughs> yeah, like, that'd be pause good. it and go, that's my blood right there. I think, we it, were, I think uh, it would go over great. <laughs> we were actually running out of blood in the, that, the part where she's like killing the dude with the, the chainsaw. You know, we're spraying the blood in your face. Oh, would you just yeah. have a hose going? Yeah. <laughs> we had, I think we had some sort of one of those like pumps or something we're spraying and we ended yeah. up running out. So we, um, we mixed like paint. We had paint there for some reason. We mixed paint with the water. Uh-huh. And then of course, then the paint like it crusted up and coated the inside of the spray thing that we'd rented and kind of ruined it. And just all these problems going on and we just never had enough blood and we tried to dilute it, but then it made it too orange. And so we would send people out to, okay, you got to drive into town and find more blood. And uh, so, yeah, that would be good (laughs) just to have those extra, extra gallons on set. We got a buddy named Derek who's been on the show. That's a special effects guy. We'll have to like make sure he gets in contact with you of like, hey man, nice. we yeah. know a guy. <laughs> I, I just like the idea of sending people out for a blood drive. That that's yeah. That's, yeah. I like that. that was yeah, good. it was uh and that was a good thing too. Just just about the the horror community in general. There's like a friendly group of people, but also just like our casting crew, like everyone went above and beyond considering they're basically you know working for nothing or next to nothing. Hmm just the fact that they love the project so much that they were just willing to commit to it. And for part two, we're basically having almost the entire cast come back because <laughs> the cast was so huge that we, we used up like every actor in Edmonton pretty much. Um, I so it's like, that. well, if we do part two, it's like, well, who, who's left? So it's like, well, let's just bring everyone back. And you make everyone's brother and characters. sister. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, oh, they're just they, like everyone had characters. a twin. Yeah. You just, you some people, <laughs> Some, there are, you know, Dr. Wash comes back. There are, you know, some characters that kind of return. Some survivors. <laughs> there have been some survivors, but everyone else is kind of just back playing different characters. And uh, and I guess we, this could be the show where we give a first taste of what the, the it's actually about. Basically, I won't say how, but Mildred, for some reason, gets involved in this um, church. She's kind of at a low point in her life. She gets involved in this kind of mega church that, of course, is corrupt as hell. Yeah. And when she discovers this, she oh, she goes on a spiritual retreat. Uh, and when she discovers that this this organization is evil, she you know through methods that you'll have to wait to see turns back into Mildred, and then you know <laughs> goes on her uh, her rampage again. And uh, you know got to come up with a whole bunch of more creative her. kills. <laughs> you see Mildred go all John Wick on everyone, you know, she yeah. digs the weapons back up out from the, the concrete and pulls the mask back on. Yeah. Do you have like a I mean, notebook where you're just writing down ideas of kills? Like, that's right. Oh yeah. We do this. Yeah. We have a, uh, yeah. We, basically ever since the first one, we've been like, 
here's a cool idea. Let's put that in part two. And then so we had this list of, uh, you know, just the most creative kills we could have. And um, right. you do like some a of the ones that... wheel that has all the kills and you spin the wheel and figure out how that character dies. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. We even have some from the first one that they didn't quite work out so well or that we had to kind of give up on because yeah. we couldn't do it. We're going to try to do them again or do them better. So it's uh, it's going to be, we've already rented the campground. We've put the, put the down payment on a different campground. It's, you know, I think it's, uh, it's different than the first one. And we oh. rented a roller skating rink. We have a big scene that takes place at a roller oh. skating rink. So we nice. rented that. Nice. And um, yeah, we, yeah, uh, we're well into awesome. it. And I like, so there was one or two, you were talking about the kills there that I noticed that was the hedge trimmers an homage to the burning. Cause it's it exactly was. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I like that. It. it was, I like that. It was a backwards homage to the burning though, because I was not expecting her to drive it down into the person point first and then open up the hedge trimmers <laughs> i was like yeah i like that yeah. but i mean she held it over her head and everything and i was like oh this is such the bur-, which is a totally underrated not a lot of people talk about that movie but i was just like oh that's the burning that's the hedge yeah. trimmers i love oh, yeah. this every that, bit that of shot it shot was great <laughs> and the, like you were talking about the chainsaw where you used up so much blood that was just i was not expecting that level of blood spray at times in this movie you know sometimes she's perfectly clean the next shot yeah. <laughs> I, me rolling i i was just like that had to be close to one of the last shots of the movie because you have to be thinking this is going to ruin the dress we got to make sure that we can clean her back off if we're filming anything afterwards but then to show her just under an outside faucet just rinsing the mask off and her dress is back perfect white and she's all dry. i was i was loving it man I yeah that's just, actually I, why uh, she's wearing the, the black apron in there because we we put some blood on the dress before and then washed it and it came out but now we were kind of like well now with this level of blood like what if it doesn't wash out and we we're kind uh-huh. of debating it like it washed out before <laughs> but but do we really want to take that chance we only have the one dress so finally it's like okay well, let's put the apron on just uh you know just yeah. in case um, we probably could have gotten away with it. Um, in part two, she's wears a, it's like reverse. She wears a black dress with white polka dots and a black oh, mask with white on it. So it's kind of like a negative. See, oh, nice. I love that. Um, but I think, I think doing it that way, instead of like her continuing to walk around with the blood of every kill on her, I love that she's always clean. I, it, to me, it was just like, yep, I, I, I am here for that. You know, yeah, I don't it, want her to look like she's getting haggard as she goes through this killing spree it takes no, no, she fun. stays clean and cutesy yes yeah there's almost a there's a few scenes of uh her like washing off a knife you know washing the, so there's kind of that little motif in there of of that yeah. we, we originally were gonna try to bloody her up we were gonna have like a clean dress like a medium bloody dress and a very bloody dress but mm-hmm. then it just became you know because we're shooting in you know random order and jumping around and it just became way too hard to do so it's like how about she's just always clean um, it just adds another just, level yeah. of continuity that you got to deal with you know yeah so and we just didn't have yeah, the time always we, we clean. were fast yeah but like i said it was enough that i noticed it that i appreciated the fact that while it was a decision you guys made just for practicality i'm watching the movie going yeah i don't want to see her bloodied up like every kill i like the sh- next the next scene she's clean pristine white ready to go as if nothing has happened. And I was just like, I'm there for it, man. Every yeah. bit of it. And there's a, just that element too of like, it's not quite reality. Like she can kind of conjure up 
weapons out of nowhere or like she just all of a sudden has a strap on like out of nowhere yeah yeah okay. just literally out of nowhere oh my god <laughs> that that was more that. shocking than anything in this movie because it's not on her a second ago because i rewound it i went i know she was running in a bikini <laughs> this would have been kind of hard to hide and the next scene she has a strap on on chasing the bodybuilder dude and i'm like <laughs> wow i was not but then I'll get things that I love so much, like, oh, an axe. How convenient that it would be <laughs> yes. right here when I need it. And uh, chasing people through the, the city during the montage where she's just like going through cleaning house. It's just, I God, man, I just, I, I loved every second of this. Like I said, it, it starts a little slow for me, but man, for anyone that can just get, get, get to the, the good the good good that happens it's so worth it man. Oh, no, this it is, is the movie so... you know you introduce your friends to yes this is you know, this is this is the one, one where like especially like uh if you got a party like yep no we're gonna watch grotesque yeah Absolutely. it's, it's Absolutely. so it's so easy to watch like there are a lot of movies that even movies that i like but it's such like a heavy movie that it's like i'm probably not gonna watch this again it's just hard to sit through where yeah. grotesque like it's so fun and so easy to watch that it's like you can watch it over and over again. And even some people like on the internet are saying like they'll watch it multiple times and just kind of notice things they never noticed before, or they'll pay attention to the music or the sound effects and even things that like I didn't think we put enough effort into. You know, I wish we just had more time and money. But some right. people are like, Oh, there's little things with the sound effects I never noticed. And so it's kind of multiple layers. So I like a movie that's so easy to watch, whereas you know, some like even you know, Terrifier Two, it's like I probably won't want to watch it well, multiple times right it's just it's when they good, start cresting that that two and a half hour almost three hour mark i'm getting tired even if you give yeah. me excellent kills i'm getting tired now i know you're saying like the sequel is going to be a little bit longer but i love the pacing of this one once once everything gets going and i'm not dogging on the beginning of it the beginning of it has some really good stuff because you have to set up it you know it's very like devil wears Prada kind of moment for her where, you know, like the boss is being a bitch to her treating her like shit. And, you know, you have all the, the people that need their come up and you have to understand why she's killing them. But then I also love the fact that it was like, you were mean to me in high school and I'm going to kill you now. And I was just <laughs> like, I see, I didn't need a ton of exposition for that because I was like, yes, yes, you do go kill her <laughs> it was great it's kind of a part of it's just like a, her fantasy actually there's even i've read a, some sort of like fan theory online that basically the entire movie which is killing people is actually just her dream and she's actually unconscious on the table getting the operation <laughs> and the whole thing is her dream honestly, which i don't agree with but it kind of makes sense honestly you could have played it that way i'm glad you didn't that easily yeah, i'm glad you did it because of how kind of silly it does go, you know, with a lot of the kills and how it's like, how do you explain certain things? Oh, okay, she's still laying on the floor, like bleeding out. If you wanted to go <laughs> that dark, like really gloomy end where she still dies at the end, you know, it's like, I don't think I would have enjoyed it. To me, it would have killed all the fun I had yeah. leading up to the end of the movie. And it, the movie ends, and I'm still having a blast. I'm looking forward to watching it again. Like Nate said, this is like something I want to recommend to people. I already have. Um, this is one that I'm looking forward to watching again, because like you said, I want to, what did I miss the first time? Cause you all, you never take it all in, you know, you never can see every little detail you may have put on that screen. Or like you said, what you didn't even realize was put on there. 
and appreciate it a little bit more. So, and definitely I need like Blu-ray with extras and, you know, interviews. So, you know, whenever that can happen, we I do, will, a, yeah, we do a, a, <laughs> you do a commentary track with her staying in character. Well, we, uh, we actually, Elizabeth and I just finished, uh, I think it was just yesterday. We put the philosophy up. We did a whole commentary. It's on our YouTube channel. Um, there's like eight, eight parts that are about 20 minutes each where we, you'll, we'll go through and we'll pause it and chat about it and stuff. So that's on the, the oh, higher universe nice. YouTube channel. Okay. We get into, uh, um, we, unfortunately we had some uh, microphone problems. So Elizabeth's voice is kind of quiet in there. I tried to turn it up, but, uh, so, but we, you know, we did, we did the best we could and people kind of find it interesting, but, um, yeah, so if you want to get sure. it, want to get into some details about that, we're considering doing that for some more of our movies now because it was a lot of fun to do. And I was surprised even just uh, I was at a mall a couple days ago and ran into some guy who um, years ago was an extra in one of our films. And he's like, oh, hey, I've been listening to that uh, commentary. I really like it. And I was like, oh, weird. I didn't think anyone was actually paying attention. But uh, it's kind of you know interesting that people want to hear about that kind of stuff and just uh the little details and there are things that I honestly, I didn't even really notice until I watched it so many times editing, but yep. you know, at the beginning that, you know, the karaoke scene, one of the, some guy, the guy with a mustache who's sitting in the background, you barely notice him, but if you watch carefully, you see him, he's the same guy that's on the cover of the Canadian serial killers book. So it's like, Oh, and then you kind of piece a story together that danger Dan was also on the cover of that book. And he was at that bar too, where he shot that, undercover cop out back yeah and it's just like oh there's kind of this like underground little story there that you could nice. kind of weave into that <laughs> and that actually plays into part two um so in this one you, little yeah universe yeah. you're kind of building right there i like yeah, it's that, kind of right? like a little like sea level story that you wouldn't notice unless you kind of pay attention very carefully so it's uh those things are like kind of that. interesting Pulling a little threads, man. And I, honestly, I'd rather watch like commentary and behind the scenes stuff of movies that I really, really enjoy. Like I, I, there are movies I enjoy that I still won't watch like Avatar with James Cameron's commentary. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do that, but I will watch, you know, a movie like this with the commentary because I just want I want to hear your reaction. And sometimes I think it's fun when the, the actors and the directors are rewatching it and they go, I don't remember any of this. This is amazing. <laughs> How did we come up with this? I, I just love those little nuggets of fun and information that you can glean from someone going back and rewatching and talking about their product. But it's Yeah. Awesome. And it's funny too, because people watching it, like we were there, we had to go through all the, the, the bullshit basically to get this made. Yeah. Someone watching it would know that. Like for example, the, the scene in like the salon, you know, we had that little quick montage where she's, uh, you know, killing everyone in there. We actually like, that was like a last minute thing because originally it was supposed to be a hair salon and it was all supposed to happen in one big room. And it was like that from day one, like we had the scene planned out and everything. Mm -hmm. And it was like the day before all of a sudden this, um, hair salon we'd rented, they were worried about getting blood on the floor. And it's like, well, crap, like we can't guarantee we can't get blood on their floor. Um, but turns out they had like a stone floor instead of tile, so the blood could stain it. And oh, we're shit. like, shit. So basically, Julie kind of got on the phone while we were shooting elsewhere, trying to hook us up with a, some, somewhere that would let us shoot. So mm -hmm. we found this place, and I'd never even seen this place before until we showed up there to film, which we'd already been shooting like half the day somewhere else. So we're like already tired. We're going hard. We show up at this location, and it's like, by the way, it totally does not match what we had planned to do. So I had to like rework the script and we rework the shot list and 
on the spot. You know, we didn't have time because we had to go, 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 go. So it's like we basically had to make it up as we went along. And yeah. uh, even while we're filming it, I'm like, this is not working. Like, we're going to have to redo this because it's like, I just don't think it's going to work. And even now, when it, the way it is, it's like, honestly, it's surprising that it worked as well as it did. But yeah. it's still a part where it's like, ah, I just wish we had of not had to be thrown in there and like wing it. That's the type of stuff that like you're aware of. I would love to be the person making the phone calls though. Like, hey, can we like use your building? We're gonna get blood on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, let me just put this right out at the beginning. We need to use your place to film a movie. There's gonna be blood on your floor. Last place did not want blood on the floor, yeah. so now we gotta make sure that is really up front. <laughs> maybe yeah. the ceiling, but we can't guarantee. Yeah. You know, and, you know what? Maybe the walls. Honestly, <laughs> there's gonna be blood. <laughs> and I'm just surprised. Like people are so friendly. People are so willing to help. Like if this was Los Angeles or even Vancouver, like they, they, it, it's all business, you know. And they just like, whereas here, like for Hotbox, we shot that in uh, this basically this mansion. It was owned by the city. It was like this empty house sitting on city property and they gave it to us for nothing. It's like for a whole month. They're like, you know, here, just whatever, just use this place. And just keep using that place there. Yeah. Well, I would have said, you know, it's, it's been bulldo since then, but, um, ah! but, but yeah, they're like, they're just so helpful. Whereas if you're in LA, they'd be like, all right, we want $150,000 per day or, you know, it's just some crazy thing. Right. And it's right, like, well, yeah. it's just, you know, Edmonton's not a, you know, we got some film here, but it's not like a massive, place like la yeah, so people are just people are willing to help, to help. yeah, yeah. And, and just like yeah especially now that we have a bit of a track record and people kind of especially after grotesque mm-hmm. um i remember after like in the lobby after the premiere of grotesque just chatting with people we've already kind of had people willing to give us enough money to do another project so i was like oh as we're leaving it's like well we got enough money if we do it cheap like we could shoot another horror so we filmed one called horror show which um we got two more days to shoot. We've run out of money. So we probably have to do a crowdfunding in the next couple of weeks here to raise money to finish that. But it's, it's about 80, 90% done. It's another nice. kind of horror movie. So, um, so yeah, people are just so willing just to like bring all their resources to the table and everything. And it's, it's fun that we can now get things done. Whereas when I first started, it was just getting anyone to help with anything, you know, trying to get someone to let you shoot in their house. Like, no one is going to help. It's like, who who is this person? How do I yeah, even know? We, it's do we trust you? Yeah, we come across the same thing where it's like, you know, we want to do more interviews with independent filmmakers, writers, direct, you know, you name it. If you're involved in the industry, we want to talk to you. But then, like, even then, there's still, like, that hurdle of, like, well, are, are you a legit podcast? It's like, nah, I'm not, like, making it up. Like, we've been doing this for two years. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're real, I promise, you know? Yeah. But I can only imagine, like, be like, hey, I want to bring a crew and I want to do this. And just like, especially starting out, how daunting that can be compared to like where you're at now, where it's like, all right, I've got my foot, you know, in the door. I kind of know how the interminglings of this all works. And it's also, it's a level of kind of just like trust in yourself. Because when you first start, you don't really know what you're doing. You could easily screw it up. Once you've done it a few times, and once I know now that if I commit to something, like I know I could do it. Mm-hmm. It's like we made grotesque, so stands to reason that we can make grotesque too. Um, there's no reason we couldn't. So it's like, right. and now we have it, all the elements in play and people that kind of joined our team kind of fall into their different roles. So it's like, okay, you do costumes, you do makeup, you do locations. And, and so it's just like, well, here's the script and everyone kind of starts doing their thing. And it's like, wow, we kind of have this ball rolling where we can make it happen so much easier now. And cause I just love being able to focus on the, the creative part behind it. 
rather than have to like, you know, just like who's going to let us film this thing in their business or their house. Like those are kind of details that so you don't want it to deal with while you're trying to do like the, the fun stuff that's actually going to show up on screen. So I kind of like that, uh, that we just have like a, this kind of juggernaut of like awesome people working on our team that we can get these things made. Right. Oh, you got to have a network, man. And you got to have a crew that you can trust. You got to have I the mean, ones that's... that make the phone calls about the blood. That's yeah, right. that too. That's and even just, um, you know, I was surprised because, you know, Hotbox, you know, people kind of liked it, but Grotesque was on a different level. Like, we actually got quite a few fans now. Um, mm-hmm. Some of them, you know, they're reaching out and they're, you know, they asking if they can make TikTok videos of Mildred and people are sending us drawings. And so we kind of oh, have this cool. like fairly small fan base, but it's like, it is a fan base. So it's like, okay, like if we get everyone helping out, yeah, do whatever you can. If you want to make videos and stuff for TikTok or Instagram, whatever, like go nuts. And yeah, everything's going to start that hurt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just... got to start somewhere and it starts small, but well, talking about that, I think it's a perfect time for you to just drop down how people can a watch the movie, B follow you, reach out to you. What, what's, uh, what's your contacts look like? Yeah. If you look up grotesque on, uh, we're on uh, Tubi and we're on Plex and Amazon. If you're in the, the U S or the UK, um, just keep in mind, it's the grotesque, the 2022 ver- uh, version, because there is a Japanese movie called Grotesque, and there's also a, an 80s uh, movie called Grotesque. So we're the 2022 version. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll, you'll notice Mildred with her polka dot dress and her white mask on the cover. There's there's no missing that poster. No, no, um, not at all. <laughs> so you could watch that there. And, yeah, and if you just check out the Higher Universe um, YouTube page, uh, sorry, a YouTube channel that has uh, the commentary on. It has all my short films and a bunch of other stuff that um, that I did. Elizabeth and I actually had a, a paranormal podcast we did about eight or ten episodes of where we um, interviewed people about paranormal related stuff. So uh, there's a oh, whole bunch of cool awesome. things on there. If uh, if you want to check out, it's all on there. And uh, I'm on all you know uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, just under my name Brandon Rhinus. If you want to look me up, and uh, yeah, awesome. Well, I just looked sweet. it up over here on YouTube, so you just got a new subscriber from me, oh, so sweet. I can check those <laughs> out. Well, I definitely want to watch that commentary stuff, man. I, I do really dig that. Um, but yeah, uh, Grotesque definitely gets like our seal of approval here. Yeah, Everyone needs to watch this movie. It was a blast. I, I was laughing. I was going, ew, you know, at the parts that need to go, ew, and it was just a lot of fun. And, you know, I know we've it's centric around Mildred, but the whole cast, I loved everyone in it. The polite hobos. Once you watch the movie, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, why, why are you a hobo? It's drugs or the economy. And <laughs> I, I lost it. Um, but yeah, Elizabeth killed it, you know, so it, if she listens to this, Elizabeth, you killed it. If she doesn't listen to it, Brandon Taylor, she killed it literally. Yeah, let her know. Um, and <laughs> I will. We can't wait to see what you guys do in the future. We'll be following. Please feel free to send over any uh, Indiegogo Kickstarter stuff that you want to get out there. We'll share it out on our end, and we'll just kind of help, you know, spread the signal and uh, get it out to as many people as we can. So so hopefully, like, this interview will help uh, boost the signal as well. So, Nate, what else you got, bub? I got two questions left for you, sir. Question one. When you make the decision to go to Tubi, like how does that process work? I'm just curious. We, um, I was actually, cause I, like after our first two movies, I was not happy with the way it was distributed. 
we we just lost control of it and basically you know didn't really make any money off them mm-hmm. so i was like you know what like i i'm not giving up control so we went through film hub where basically you kind of upload it through film hub they send it out to all the different streamers that they work with those streamers decide whether or not they want your movie film hub takes a cut and then you just get the rest of the money um, really now so it's never knew and that. It, it, yeah it's actually they're like I've been dealing with them for a few months now and it's actually great because like there's um it also saves you from having to submit to like 75 different streamers which would just you know they all want different size artwork and then, you know it's a, it's a pain in the ass right. film hub you submit just just to them and then they submit it to everyone else and then you find out whether or not you get accepted so it's um it's very good and they got on some of those big big uh bigger channels and of course you still own the the movie so if i ever you know if i want to take it down for whatever reason i can if i want right. to sell it somewhere else i can so you i don't like i don't need anyone else's right permission anything no it's like well rights are still mine and uh um yeah we've Dude, been making sweet. some some dvds too it was my, my first time ever learning how to make dvds so i don't have any special mm-hmm. features but we do have physical copies that i've been selling well, quite pick, a few I'll- of you let me know how to get one, and I'll pick. It. I love physical media. I'm I'm yeah, still one of those so guys. This is one of those I, that I could picture like a company making a VHS of. Yeah, yeah, that would be one of those little boutique companies that do that stuff. Uh, I think yeah. that would be. This has that that feel of the '80s. Honestly, when I got done watching this, to be immediately like switched everything up like i'd been watching a lot of creature features and stuff and action movies i watched this and then all of a sudden stuff like popcorn popped up yeah and i actually watched it right after and i was like that um grotesque just had that feel that just charm to it that like you know popcorn had you know back in the 80s and early 90s and stuff like that so it fit right in that genre so see Tubi's doing half the work for you right there so hopefully someone watches popcorn and then grotesque pops up right behind saying you know certainly hope like so. to watch that absolutely but and i forgot nate had questions and i for, always forget what the second question questions. is um but i'm gonna go and apologize <laughs> i ask no everyone needed. <laughs> Every single person that we interview on this show gets asked this question. As He's not lying. Line. It's not lying. It's the hardest question you'll ever receive, sir. Yeah, it's right. just the same way as always. Shrek one or Shrek two? Ooh, I'd uh, yeah, Shrek one, I guess. Ah, we have a yeah. Shrek one on our hands, Charlie. Yeah. Yep. It's uh, it's honestly there's been, nothing wrong with that answer. No, it's been years since I've watched them, so it's hard to really remember, but back when they came out that would probably be my choice yeah all right all right well so. hey we're gonna have to have you revisit shrek one and two <laughs> before you come back on <laughs> oh, that's right yeah he's not lying he asks every person on the <laughs> make sure i know what kind of company i'm with that's all <laughs> it's his vetting process you'd think he'd ask that first but no nope, that's nope, where nope. he ask ends it last up that way i know all but right dude, thank you so much yep. this has been awesome i'm glad you reached yeah, out thanks I'm glad so much for having we... me on discovered this fun little indie movie and now i know how to get everything onto tubi charlie write it down uh, oh it's already wrote down man i'm all, all, right, right. all right good 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 <laughs> all right brandon thank you and we look forward to seeing what you do next you betcha see you next time Well, glad we got to do that, but now, like, we got to go back to Pete month. 
I know. It was a nice little fun little break or inter what do they call that in the middle of a movie where you get to like take a break? The intermission. Uh, yeah, this was a nice yeah, intermission. This, this is what it was. The in between before the final two Pete Pick episodes. Oh God. Pete. Pete Pete Pete. <sighs> At least it's a whole year till this comes back around. Yeah, well, I just gotta count it down. Uh <laughs> It's get like that man dictionary. I promise you. Yeah, big dictionary. Not a thesaurus. He doesn't need no, to know what no. other uses of the terms. I'm gonna give him so an urban dictionary as well. I'm gonna get them both. Yeah, I yeah. I think just you know a better subscription to movie providers. I don't know. Get out of the <laughs> library, Pete. Get out of the library. All but right. So I'm now glad that-, that we had Brandon Rhines on the show and. I'm happy that he reached out to be on the show and that Grotesque was a movie that fell into our laps. And now we get to spread it to the people. So please, please go check out Grotesque. It's such a fun slasher, campy horror movie. It comes in at like an hour and 20 brisk. Oh, it's 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 super quick. And I love it's not a dig on it. I love the fast pace of this thing. It is it is a blast. It sounds like the sequel is going to be building upon this one. So. Look out. Once the Indiegogos are live, we'll be spreading yeah. the joy. And I'm totally down for it. And, yes, this is free on Tubi. You can download Tubi. You can get this movie. But as much as Nate and I always say we support these movies and we will do what we can, I am going ahead, and I have already got my copy of the DVD on its way from Brandon. Ooh, I bought nice. it from him. It's like, yeah, I could get it for free, but Brandon signing it for me. And I know where that money's going to go. He is going to put that towards the sequel as it gets going. So I am 100% standing behind the fact that we... more money to use for more blood. Exactly. Uh, bucks for blood, man. That's what yep. we're going for. But I, uh, I'll i share that out once it comes in from Canada and see how long it takes to get here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, go watch Grotesque. It's a blast. Um, and as you heard, I haven't started it yet. I'm going to wait till I get the DVD, but there is a commentary on YouTube on their YouTube channel that he gave everyone. And I, ple- I, I encourage everyone to go check that out as well. So that sounds like fun, man. We had a blast. What do you think, Nate? We oh, good? Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's, let's scurry in here before he, you know, starts storming into the hey. studio. Oh crap. Is that Pete beating hey. on the door? It might be. He, we got found out, Nate. Let's get out of here. Go get. What are you saying? Let's talk about how I get back home. Get out of here, Pete. It's not your... No. Stop, stop you're not... No, no. Stop putting Nate down. Let it go. Stop. I didn't know you picked me up. Stop wiggling. Pete. Shovel's in the garage. Stop, stop. Just let it... Let it relax. Let it happen. Let it happen.